Welcome to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by a very special guest uh, that's helping us out with the podcast this week. The 2012 NFL season is over. We now have a champion. It is the Baltimore Ravens in a pretty entertaining Super Bowl yesterday that had a whole bunch of different storylines going on, not only during the week, but also during the game yesterday. We also have a few Packer-related items, including the retirement of an all-time great Packer, and the world shook at something that happened on Saturday night at the NFL Awards Banquet that many of us, including myself, did not quite expect to see happen this soon. So we'll talk about that, of course, referring to the drama between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And with that, we're going to bring in... If we had a Hall of Fame for listeners here at Green and Gold Forever, Caleb Pike would by far be the first ballot, first Hall of Famer into the Green and Gold Forever Listening Hall of Fame. And Matt has some obligations tonight. He's moving from an apartment in La Crosse to another apartment in La Crosse. All his stuff is packed up. So Caleb has joined us today from his home in Nina, and he's going to help us out with the podcast. Caleb, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Going to try and do a passable job filling in for Matt tonight. I'm sure you'll do a great job. You always have the great the great comments for us on there. Now you just have to to say them instead of type them. So that should be pretty easy, right? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get right into it with the Super Bowl yesterday. Super Bowl 47. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens defeated the San Francisco 49ers 34 to 31 in the Har Bowl. And I guess something we can start with is kind of the whole Super Bowl experience and. I mentioned this a couple of years ago when I was talking about the Packers being in the Super Bowl, and obviously that's the most exciting outcome for the NFL season, but you really don't get to take in the entire Super Bowl experience when the Packers are playing. You don't really care about the commercials or halftime or any of that other stuff. And I guess yesterday was kind of interesting with, I don't know about you, but it just, I, I think, well, we watched the Super Bowl together yesterday, and it, it kind of felt weird. Like, it didn't seem like a Super Bowl, with, and none of the commercials were very funny. And I guess, do you have any quick reactions of something you might have noticed yesterday about the Super Bowl, and was it everything you, you kind of hoped it would be? Well, it was definitely the first time I've ever just sat and thought that I was really surprised that this was the culmination of the whole season (laughs) it really didn't feel like either of these teams should be representing their conference and like you said even the extra stuff the commercials and stuff didn't really hold up they weren't as funny and entertaining as they usually are in years past yeah I kind of noticed that with um or I was thinking that yesterday and I remember you mentioning that where this doesn't feel like the Super Bowl and I was thinking about that today uh, when I was thinking about that NFL awards ceremony and I had it on my TiVo. So I was kind of fast forwarding it through a little quick. And I was just thinking about all the storylines this year with the 
Peyton Manning comeback after neck surgery and playing absolutely great, playing with the Broncos after seeing him for a decade and a half with the Colts, and Adrian Peterson almost breaking the single-season record and coming back from a knee injury. You had the fail Mary in Seattle. You had three rookie quarterbacks who were great, all took their teams to the playoffs. You had Colin Kaepernick come out of absolutely nowhere to to lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl. And then when it's all said and done with all these storylines, the boring Baltimore Ravens are the ones who get to be called the champions. It just seems very kind of um, not worthy of what uh, all went on this season. Yeah, definitely. Seems like the year comebacks. And I don't know what the storyline for the year is for the entire league. Maybe just perseverance with uh, Peyton and Adrian Peterson and then the Ravens finally getting a, a Super Bowl after all their playoff visits recently. Yeah, I guess, I mean, you could say they earned it with their record the last couple of years, but ugh, I just wish one of these other teams <laughs> would have been a better story. Yeah, uh, definitely. Well, I, I think I will say something about halftime, which was kind of trippy and had some cool stuff. And, and we actually had a caller uh, uh, call in some some older gentleman that had to comment on uh, Beyonce. Ah, that's a, what a beautiful woman. Um, that, that was actually uh, Brent Musburger. Uh, he <laughs> called in and wanted to be a part of Green and Gold Forever, and nobody could blame him, I guess. I heard on the radio this morning that people thought it was controversial, the, the Beyonce halftime show, and we won't talk too much about that since we're a, kind of a football show, but um, <laughs> did you hear anything about that? And to me, I thought it was pretty tame considering it was Beyonce. Yeah, I guess I hadn't heard anything, but nothing struck me as controversial when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Um. I I don't typically listen to that type of music, but I was actually more entertained than in years past by the halftime show. Yeah. So I I think they did a pretty good job with it. Yeah, you certainly weren't worried about her dying like you were for some of those guys, <laughs> like the Who and, and some of those other people. I'm fans of a lot of those those old timers that they had out there in the mid 2000s, but uh, it's kind of nice to see somebody relevant for a change. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's talk about the game since that's obviously the big part of it. And one of the big things uh, that was talked about since the game has ended was that penalty on fourth down in the end for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Maybe we could talk about some other details of the game, but that's probably the big one. I guess I haven't read too much as far as people blaming the loss for the 49ers on that. It's hard to say considering they fell down by more than three touchdowns to uh, in the third quarter. But um, I guess what were your thoughts on that, Caleb, that that penalty that may or may not have cost San Francisco the game or, or the non-penalty, I guess? Well, I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, I I would say that I think it was definitely a penalty, either holding or pass interference. I think they could have both been called mm-hmm. on that play. But I don't think – I think I agree with the not call. The pass wasn't super accurate from – the, I forget who it was passed to, Crabtree, was it? Yeah, I believe so. His first foot after the ball passed him stepped out of bounds. So I honestly don't even know if it was on target, if he would have even scored a touchdown on that play. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't think they had any chance on that play of scoring a touchdown. So I don't feel bad about it not being a call. Yeah, I guess I kind of tend to agree. I, I was thinking that too, that the throw was... It was kind of long, and I, I think that was caused by the pressure and not, you know, didn't look long, deceptively long because of the hold or anything. Probably was a hold, I think, but 
I heard on the radio today somebody had mentioned a, a caller on a, a call-in show had said that if that's week four, you're probably going to get that. But if you start throwing those in the Super Bowl, you got a big problem. And and Torrey sure. Smith, do you remember that one where he got held up big time uh-huh. in the first or second quarter on probably what would have been a touchdown for the Ravens? So I guess it was a little bit of a, uh, a give-back call, if anything. Yeah. And they, they were kind of letting him play out there the whole game. It didn't seem out of character for the way they were refereeing it. Yeah, how many fights were there? I, I can't remember in a Super Bowl being that many fights. I don't know, and I don't know why they didn't crack down more. on. I think one player, even at one point, pushed one of the refs, <laughs> which <laughs> should get you ejected right away. You would think so. I don't understand why they don't do that because if they're trying to crack down on some of this kind of stuff, if you throw a player out of the Super Bowl in the first or second quarter, I guarantee you, you'll have a lot less fighting next year. Yeah. I guess what do you expect when you have those, the two Harbaugh's going at it? Yeah. Those teams. What was that? Those teams. I mean, the Ravens. And then I think you were saying just the whole Bay area, the (laughs) Raiders and the Niners are both those types of teams. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting stabbed at baseball games, you might get drawn and quartered at a football game with uh, with those Bay Area fans. But <laughs> if there's any Bay Area fans listening, um, uh, don't sit by me at the game. I'm afraid of you. I guess one of the, uh, the big storyline we could talk about from the game was, uh, I think, Joe Flacco. I mean, obviously, Ray Lewis was talked about a lot, but Joe Flacco turning in one of the best quarterback postseasons of all time. No interceptions. Uh, I believe he had 11 touchdown passes. He won the Super Bowl MVP award. And there's no denying he had an absolutely phenomenal preseason. But the thing I'm wondering, and maybe we could talk about just a little bit here, is what is the likelihood that he continues to play like that come next year? He has a career quarterback rating in the mid-80s. Just to look up for comparison in case guys like Rodgers and Breeze are, and Peyton Manning are probably a little PO'd that Joe Flacco now is, has as many Super Bowls as them. I was looking up today and Joe Flacco has 49 regular season starts with a quarterback rating over 80, which 80, of course, being pretty average. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has uh, 80 career starts in the in the regular season so he has uh 49 over 80 so I guess that's okay Aaron Rodgers on the other hand has 48 career uh regular season starts with a quarterback rating over 100 (laughs) so I mean if you're Aaron Rodgers I I wonder what it's like just a sidetrack conversation what it's like to be so vastly superior to guys like Eli and Joe Flacco and you don't have the rings to back it up yeah, that's got to be frustrating, and I think Aaron definitely has the attitude that he is well aware of that yeah. at all times, um, but I have no idea what to expect from Flacco going forward. I would be willing to bet he's going to go back to regular Joe Flacco <laughs> and post numbers in the 70 to 90 range for quarterback rating. Mm-hmm. Um probably going to get a fat contract out of it though at least so yeah good for him and maybe that motivated him a bit I don't know yeah you almost wonder I mean even if you're motivated like and and I I always love that line of thinking and it, it might hold true to some degree but it was such a drastic improvement and 
I'm pretty motivated if somebody said I could be an NFL quarterback and they'd give me millions of dollars. But even if I'm super motivated, I don't think I'm going to be very good at it. So, I mean, you can't drastically improve your play. And Joe's been kind of up and down his whole career anyways. But to just, I mean, t- tear apart some of the better defenses in the NFL. Uh, the the Broncos were one of the best this year. He kind of was sluggish in the second half yesterday, but he tore through San Francisco pretty easily. And maybe you can question the merit of some of the competition those two teams played during the regular season. But it just was very strange to see him be that much better. And I guess I would agree with you. I'm pretty much expecting him to come out and be lousy in September and get blown away by the Bengals or, you know, have three interceptions against Cleveland or something. So I guess I don't know what to expect from him. I guess the the question that probably isn't up in the air anymore is whether or not he returns to Baltimore. Uh, So I wonder if he's just going to maybe clinch his spot in Baltimore and then kind of meander in the wild card and divisional round for the rest of his career. Yeah, definitely. I think I agree with all that. Sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's what you don't really have anything to add there. Yeah, Joe Flacco's not that interesting of a guy, so... I no, don't, really not at all. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to talk about him anymore. So I guess congratulations, Joe Flacco. You're in the same club with guys like Peyton Manning and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, and you don't really deserve to be. All right, and I guess the other thing I wanted to talk about is kind of something that you've actually brought up on the Facebook page for Green and Gold Forever, and I've certainly brought up quite a bit, not only in my real life, but also on this podcast, is kind of the thought of what does it take to win a Super Bowl anymore these days, and the talking point for the last few years has been well, you got to be hot at the right time and you got to get hot towards the end of the year. And you had that with the Giants twice and you had that with the Packers and you've had that with some other teams that were hot towards the end of the season. Well, what do you say now? Because the Baltimore Ravens were a 10 and six team, uh, only the fourth 10 or fewer win team to win the Super Bowl. And three of those four are in the last three seasons. But Baltimore lost four of their last five games. They got destroyed by some of the better teams that they played. They completely sleptwalked into the into the playoffs. And then once they get there, they beat a red-hot Indianapolis Colts team. They beat the scorching-hot Denver Broncos, who hadn't lost in three months. They beat New England in New England. And then they beat a, a 49er team that had been uh, pretty uh, darn consistent since Colin Kaepernick took over. So I guess... I'm at a loss for words to even describe what you're supposed to do now in the NFL to win the Super Bowl. It's getting to be baseball the last 10 years where literally you you basically are a roll of the dice as to who of the playoff field is actually going to emerge and win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it is just just does seem to be a crapshoot. I I don't really know what to say. It's not not the best offense, not the best defense, not the hottest, I guess. I don't know, they were the Ray Lewisiest team. <laughs> um and maybe I don't know. The guy is just such a such an X factor. I mean, I don't know how much of an impact him announcing his retirement had on the team. Mm-hmm. If that just, you know, was the rallying cry for the whole playoff or what. But um yeah, there's not really not really any measurable way to figure this out. I guess maybe just Maybe just the numbers of it. I mean, you make playoffs, what, 
four or five, six years in a row. Yeah. You're eventually going to make a big push, I guess. Well, that kind of seems to be the trend as a whole with the NFL right now. And, you know, not everybody who's made this run has had a, a, a Ray Lewis storyline, I guess. Uh, that makes me think Donald Driver should have made up his mind at Thanksgiving and the Packers probably would have won the Super Bowl, perhaps. <laughs> but if you look at the last seven Super Bowl winners, I don't think you can make a case for any of the winners since the 05 Steelers that they were even in the top half of the best Super Bowl winners of all time. And the thing that's even stranger is that I don't even know about the 2008 Steelers, who's definitely the best of the bunch since 2005. But if you look at all of these teams that have won championships recently, you'll look at the 06 Colts that won a Super Bowl, and you could easily argue that the 04, 05, 07, 08, 09 Colts were all better than the team that won the Super Bowl. The Packers certainly will, you'll go look back and you'll see the 2010 team won when probably 07 and 2011 were better. And you can look back at the Giants who have two Super Bowls in five seasons and they won with two of their weaker teams, or maybe not two of their weaker teams, but you could certainly argue that neither were their best team when you had a 12 and 4 2008 team that really dominated the league for most of the season. It's just a really weird time right now where it seems like all of your good teams are equal to one another, but they're all so much better than the rest of the league. You all just have to get in, and then once they're in, they're all basically equals, and then anybody can win. And I, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I don't know. I kind of kind of miss seeing dominant teams every now and then. Yeah, common sense would seem to dictate that you would be more entertained by having it be unpredictable and exciting but I really haven't enjoyed it that much um obviously when the Packers had their run it was fun but watching other teams do it is not quite as fun (laughs) that's definitely true yeah it's kind of the whole uh deal where you get the Cinderella story it's like yeah I guess Cinderella is a good story but you know Disney had some other good stories you know what (laughs) what about the Lion King I want to see some guy fulfill his potential and become you know the, the, the best guy in the, the Pride Rock, I guess. You know? <laughs> but let's get a new story in there. I want to see a great team. You could argue that, you know, probably not since the Patriots back-to-back championships in the early 2000s have we really had a Super Bowl winner that you could argue being in that, you know, top even 20 of Super Bowl champions. So we'll see. Come on, guys, buck up. If you're going to have a lot of champ- or a lot of success in the regular season, at least have the courtesy to go win the Super Bowl every now and then so we don't feel like we wasted four months watching a bunch of bums you know, stumble around the field and then go win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I guess I wanted to talk about was Colin Kaepernick, who all season we kind of been pointing to saying that when is this guy going to start to look like a young quarterback? And I think yesterday was kind of the day. And I don't know if it's that they took away the running lanes or that he was kind of flustered by the by the magnitude of the moment or if he just had a bad game considering he hasn't had many of those since he became the starter. I guess what were your thoughts on his play yesterday? Yeah, I think he did okay, especially for as little experience as he had. Um pretty standard completion percentage, I think. Um, I think he was 16 for 28 for 302 yards, a touchdown and an interception. I guess he, I didn't realize he threw for that many yards. Yeah, it didn't feel like it, but uh, I guess that second half when they started rallying all came pretty fast. Um, 
I think the big thing that I noticed, especially when going for that two-point conversion and then that final play, is he didn't look the way he looked against the Packers when he was getting pressured. Mm-hmm. When the Packers were rushing him, he was just hitting the lanes and getting out as fast as he could. Mm-hmm. Whereas there seemed to be an edge of panic when he was getting rushed by the Ravens, and I don't know if that's just the fact that they're more intimidating defensively than the Packers this year or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's hard to not burst out laughing when they blitz AJ Hawk at you, I would think. <laughs> yeah. It looked like the Ravens might've uncovered a little bit of a method to slow them down. And it's much like the Packers where you need the right personnel to be able to do it. Where obviously the Packers with their blitzing and guys like AJ Hawk and Brad Jones and Eric Walden aren't going to be able to fluster a guy like Colin Kaepernick. But if you have the personnel to do it, they were able to force him to throw fast and it almost didn't give him an option to run. Uh, they, they blitzed him really fast. I noticed that on both of those, not only the two point conversion, but that fourth down play, they had a couple of other ones down in the red zone as well, where they seemed to defend him pretty well. And I guess in the open field, maybe that's not quite the, the method to do it, but it looked like the Ravens did a much better job of containing him than any of the NFC opponents had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't seem like they were leaving, especially their defensive end. It didn't look like they were leaving the lanes open on the outside for him to get outside of the defense where he gets his real big yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what is that? I forget his name always. That number 99 for the Ravens that has had a really big postseason um that white guy, <laughs> I can't even remember his name, but uh, he he did a really good job yesterday too. And I guess he's a free agent, so maybe uh, Ted should break his rules and go look into that guy. The thing I wanted to bring up about Colin Kaepernick was something that I originally had researched a little bit back when Aaron Rodgers was in the Super Bowl for the first time. And it probably does not have a ton to do with what's going to happen to Colin Kaepernick. He's a very young player, but it's just kind of an interesting tidbit that I thought that maybe will get 49er fans a little bit scared, which is always kind of fun. If you lose a Super Bowl at any point in your career, um, I've looked it up, and only four players in the history of the NFL who have lost a Super Bowl have ever returned to win a Super Bowl later in their career. That being Len Dawson of the Chiefs, Bob Greasy of the Dolphins, Roger Staubach of the Cowboys, and John Elway of the Denver Broncos. So if you lose a Super Bowl... 30.4% of the quarterbacks who have lost a Super Bowl have returned. Obviously, that's kind of a skewed stat because Jim Kelly counts as three quarterbacks uh, (laughs) after losing four for the Bills. But if we treat 46 Super Bowls as each one of those guys being a different quarterback, uh, kind of... Mm -hmm. Uh, Only 13% of those who are not Fran Tarkington, John Elway, or Jim Kelly have ever returned to a Super Bowl. So it's kind of interesting to note that um, only four who've ever lost have returned, and uh, actually only nine players who have ever lost a Super Bowl have returned at all, even to come back to lose another Super Bowl. So kind of interesting. Uh, by contrast, if you win a Super Bowl, you have a 52% chance of returning uh, later in your career. So you got to win that first one if you're one of those two guys. So I think Colin Kaepernick, he might be okay. I'm kind of hoping as a fan of a team also in the same conference as him that he's not okay, but we'll see what happens. Do you have any thoughts on those crazy numbers? Yeah, it's certainly scary for those guys. Uh, I think Colin Kaepernick will probably be more in the John Elway type category. I think he's going to have a good career, Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, (laughs) because 
I'm kind of over him already with that loss we had to him. He just seemed so cocky during that game that I just still am not over it yet. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty cocky. I guess I would have been too, though, that Packers defense was pretty hapless. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, but I guess I'm indifferent on him at this point, but I'm sure if he continues to be good, I'll I'll find a way to, to not like him very much. And who knows, by 2030, maybe I'll find him to be kind of an interesting player that was fun to watch in hindsight. Yeah. Well, speaking of quarterbacks and Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, there was a very big moment for the Green Bay Packers and their fans on Saturday night at the NFL uh, Awards show, where for the Comeback Player of the Year, it was presented by Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, both there together. It was a very surreal moment. I actually saw the picture tweeted to me by uh, Bethany, who's another one of our great listeners, and I... I almost had to to rub my eyes. It was surreal to see them together and both seeming to enjoy each other's company. Uh, It was very weird, and then I was able to go and watch the show on on tape delay and see the actual segment they were in, which was actually pretty funny. Uh, We're going to play that uh, right here just to kind of remind everybody. Please welcome two former NFL MVPs, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. We're here to present the award for best comeback player. You know, Aaron, everyone loves it when a great player makes a comeback. Yeah, well, not always. You know, some you know, some people wish you know great players would just retire and stay retired. Good to see you too, man. Yeah, you too, man. That was awkward. Uh, <laughs> the two candidates for this award did more than just overcome adversity and injury. They inspired us all. Caleb, did you actually have a chance to watch the video of it? And if so, and even if not, what was your reaction to the fact that those two uh, are beginning to bury the hatchet, it looks like? I did get a chance to watch it after you had brought it up to me. Um, I wound up looking it up <laughs> online. I think there's always going to be an awkwardness between Aaron and Brett, but I am actually excited that they're making this headway and they're able to kind of poke fun and laugh about it. I just hope they bring him back, get him in the Hall of Fame, and get it over with so that we can kind of put the whole nastiness behind us and just let his legacy be what it is. Yeah, I agree. I would love to see him come back in the next couple of years and retire his number and and come back into the fold because, I mean, it would be a shame if they had to wait until he was retired. And I know what it takes a couple of years. It did with Steve Young and Joe Montana where I don't think he came back to San Francisco to talk to Joe or to talk to Steve again until three or four years after. And that would be about the equivalent time frame that we've had here. So hopefully that will happen. I guess it remains to be seen if he can reconcile with – uh, McCarthy and Thompson, but I guess if, if Mark Murphy is on board, I guess he, it might not matter what those two think. Right. Real quick, a lot of people were talking about the hug, and some people were saying that the awkwardness of them not hugging was scripted, and when I first saw it, I was just kind of cringing. I thought that it was kind of a mess up on their part, and then I rewatched it today, and it definitely looked, especially from um, 
Brett's standpoint that it was scripted for them to both kind of fake out the hug and not really be sure what was going on because Brett almost did his put it in the old vice kind of pose when he was doing that so I don't know if you noticed that at all or what your thoughts were on that I guess I hadn't heard about it being from that angle and when I watched it I didn't think of that so I guess they're pretty decent actors because that seemed like legitimate awkwardness (laughs) when I watched it oh man the Packers get eliminated from the playoffs, and the day after the Super Bowl, all we have to talk about is legitimate or illegitimate awkwardness and the handshake between two of the best quarterbacks they've had. Oh, that's a note to the team. They should probably start winning more playoff games. Yeah, that's a sad time. <laughs> well, hopefully this means uh, Brett Favre will come back soon. Uh, one guy who will not come back as a player to the Packers is Donald Driver, who is going to retire after many seasons with the Packers, what is it? I'm trying to think off the top of my head, 14 seasons with the team, he's going to retire as a Green Bay Packer. There's going to be some uh, presentation up at the stadium this week. Uh, I wish Matt would have an opportunity to talk about this, and probably in our next episode we'll be able to talk about this a bit. Caleb, what are your reactions to Donald Driver retiring? Well, I guess the only reaction I really have is relief after hearing briefly that uh, the Vikings were interested in him if he was on the table. I thought that this was going to be a new trend, that the Vikings were just going to get our legends. And I I forget who I was talking to, but I was saying that if he had stayed and gone to the Vikings, I was reasonably sure he was going to have a 1,200-yard, 12-touchdown season and probably take his team to the playoffs. And, yeah, I was... I was very relieved when I found out he's actually... I got to agree with you. I was definitely relieved that he retired. Uh, He's such a great player, and I didn't want to see him play for somebody else. And like you said, I I don't know if I'd put it past him to be completely done if he went somewhere else. I'm still not ready to let down my guard when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings. I'm pretty sure that Greg Jennings is going to end up either there or in Miami which when Greg Jennings or if Greg Jennings signs with the Vikings, I'm going to, I think I might blow a gasket in real life and then I'll blow a lesser one on this show. But uh, I mean, that just, ugh. get your own people, you losers. <laughs> but, well, but anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see him stay in the fold and hopefully uh, that means he can transition nicely into an ambassador for the Packers and he won't have to have an awkward phase like many of the other Packer greats had with the team. So hopefully we can continue with that. Uh, Dave Robinson also made it to the Hall of Fame, so we want to congratulate him. Maybe uh, down the road we'll be able to examine his career a little bit. We're having a little bit of a connection problem. You're probably not picking that up on the on the podcast uh, for the listeners right now, so we're going to try to hurry this up a little bit here. And part of that is going to be a very rapid Crossfire segment. And that signifies the beginning of one of our favorite segments here on Green and Gold Forever, that being Crossfire, where we take topics that we have not shared with each other before uh, we started this, and we debate them. So we each give each other a topic, uh, the other person will debate that, and then we'll send it back. Caleb, you're obviously familiar with this show, having submitted topics in the past and listened to the show. Uh, So would you like me to start and give you the first topic? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, I got kind of an easy one for you here. Uh, which network is your favorite to watch NFL football on? 
Oh gosh. Um, I'd say that CBS has one of the better all-around packages. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't analyze that stuff as much as you and Matt do. I know you guys have your favorite guys and your least favorite guys. So uh, what do you think? Well, I guess CBS I'm, I'm okay on, I guess. Sometimes they, find, they seem kind of boring to me. But I think Fox, I, I'm... It's probably my favorite. I can't stand ESPN at all. I, I, I don't know how many Monday night games I've watched since they switched to them. I used to watch it every time on ABC, even when I was like in middle school and high school, when you don't aren't used to staying up past 11. And I would do that just to watch those games, but ESPN is horrible. I can't stand them at all. Uh, I like NBC is okay, but I don't really like Rodney Harrison. and So I guess <laughs> I'll go with Fox by default. I like their studio guys. And, and as much crap as we give Buck and Aikman on this show and that Packer fans as a whole seem to hate these guys, I think they're probably the best play-by-play group in the business right now. I'm definitely one in that group that is not a big fan of that commenting <laughs> duo. It, I don't know. It just seems like they're always rooting against us, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Joe Buck seems to be progressively getting more and more excited as the years go by. Like, he used to be so disinterested, like, we'd make fun of him for not caring, and now it seems like he explodes, like, in a regular season game when somebody scores a touchdown or gets a first down. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah, definitely. Even if it's just an 11-yard run or something like that, yeah, he'll start shouting and get excited. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe that's good. Uh, he'll be like Gus Johnson soon, just exploding for the <laughs> coin toss and stuff. All right, so I guess it's your turn, Caleb. You get to throw a Crossfire question at me. I know you've been waiting for this moment for your whole life to be a, an opportunity to be on Crossfire and, and dish out a topic. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I guess I'll throw this one out, even though it's not quite fair, since Matt doesn't get to give his perspective on it. Okay. But you guys were talking before the Super Bowl about uh, what it'd be like for brothers to play against each other, you guys being brothers. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is, between you and Matt, who's Jim and who's John and why? (laughs) Well, I think this one we would agree on. I'm definitely Jim. I'm a nutcase, especially when we're we're competing on things. Uh, Matt and I, as kids... We would compete in different things, but by the time we got to, you know, early teens or I guess the tween years, we didn't compete each other, uh, against each other all that often just because we would get so mad at one another and then we wouldn't <laughs> want to talk to each other. I would always be the one that kind of would, and I think he would agree with this, maybe I'll ask him next week, but would be the instigator in a lot of these things and I'm the poor sport and I'm the one who freaks out when I lose at Madden and... And so I definitely would be the guy frothing at the mouth. And Matt seems to be much more low-key than I am. He certainly has his moments, but I would say that if one of us was going to lose our cool in the Super Bowl and the other one was going to keep his cool, I would say Matt is more like John and I'm more like Jim. (laughs) I don't know. know. What is your assessment, I guess, as as an observer of that, of the two of us? Well, I didn't want to get into it too much myself, but I guess I'd probably agree with you on that. All right. I guess that's fair enough. You are, you are what you are, I suppose. <laughs> All right. Uh, the question I have for you now is uh, one that I've thought of for a while for myself, but I, I've never had a chance to really bring up on the show other than an offhand comment here and there. Who is a player that you currently dislike tremendously, but would most likely be one of your favorite players if he were to become a Green Bay Packer? 
Oh, that is a tough one. I guess it depends on how Green Bay affects them. Okay. As well as how they'd affect Green Bay. The first one that comes to mind is Sue. Okay. Um, if he got the Green Bay attitude where he became a team player mm-hmm. and got less selfish and less mean, I guess <laughs> you could say. Um, yeah. Although our special teamers do tend to go off the chain once in a while as well. <laughs> sure. Um, I think he would be a big one for me. Okay. Um, the other one, I'm just keeping it mostly in division because those are the guys I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Allen would be a big one for me, I think. He just seems like a tremendous player, but I just hate his guts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Jared Allen is actually my answer. I didn't even think about Sue. If he would stop cheap-shotting and stuff and, and stop being such a, a hypocrite and think that we don't see what he's doing and deny everything that he does in the press, I think he would be a pretty cool player to cheer for. Jared Allen is definitely the one for me. He's a tremendous player, and even off the field, he, he I don't hate him as much as I used to now that they've done more special interest stories and stuff with him, and he seems to do a lot of cool things within the community over there, and and he's got kind of a, a Midwestern attitude, and he's he's he jokes around a lot, and he's just, I didn't realize how good he was. I was looking at his stats the other day, and if he can even come close to averaging his current sack total for the next three, four, five years, it is going to be nearly impossible to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. He's already up to almost 120 sacks, which is, you know, one of the, the best totals for anybody in history, and almost everybody else who's gotten up over the 130 sack mark has been a Hall of Famer, so uh, if he's able to do that, Jared Allen will be a Hall of Famer, and I think that's going to catch a lot of people off guard. Yeah, it almost seems like a sure thing. I mean, if he can just get like eight or ten a year probably he's a shoe in i would think by the time he retires yeah i mean he's got a really good opportunity to finish within well kevin green is at 160 and he got snubbed for the hall of fame again this year and he's third so if you think jared allen is at 117 i mean if he has a couple more all pro years he'll be third all time in sacks mm-hmm. so um i i would say he is definitely my answer uh, so do you got your second crossfire topic for me? Sure. And this one might be a little bit depressing depending on how you answer it. Okay. But I'm wondering if we could have contained Colin and pulled it off and beaten the 49ers, do you think Green Bay could have won the Super Bowl this year? Uh, are we assuming, obviously we're assuming the same two opponents that San Francisco played, right? Yeah. I'm still going to say no. I just think this team was too inconsistent. Their totals against good teams offensively were not very impressive. I know people thought that we would just go down there and roll the Falcons. It was the talk all season, and I kind of had that too. But the Falcons, I know Matty Ice might have melted again, but that whole team was built to beat Green Bay from the top to the bottom with Julio Jones trade and a lot of their moves on defense and a lot of the guys they brought in the organization was to stop Aaron Rodgers and was to score points on Dom Capers defense after what happened in 2010 and I just don't think that the Packers would have been able to they might have beaten Atlanta but they just weren't that good this year against good teams they they really 
inflated their stats by beating up on a lot of the bad teams and dominating the Bears, which was like the only good team they actually played real well against this year. I mean, you could argue Minnesota, but the only time they really looked impressive against them uh, totally as a team was in the playoffs when they had Joe Webb playing and they didn't have a prayer. So I don't think the Packers would have won the Super Bowl. Uh, This, I guess, is kind of a crossfire what-if crossover (laughs) question, but I don't think that the Packers, if they beat San Francisco, would have won the Super Bowl. So I don't think, of all the playoff losses they've had the last 15 years, I don't think this one I'll lose much sleep over. Okay. Uh, What about you? Well, I wish Matt was here for his funny (laughs) disposition, but uh, I have to agree. I don't think they would have won. I honestly don't think they would have even made it to the Super Bowl, even if they had won that game. I think the Falcons would have been a bigger challenge, actually, than the Ravens would have. Um, But I don't think they could have pulled it off two weeks in a row against impressive teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I tend to agree. And if you think about what Joe Flacco did to San Francisco yesterday, I mean, he might have thrown for five touchdowns against Dom's defense. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. It could be. All right, well, I have one last crossfire that's kind of for both of us. This is going to be kind of long, and I, I had this one that I thought of probably weeks ago, and I never could figure out how to bring it up because it's a really stupid question, and it's kind of silly. But you're a movie buff of sorts, so I thought that I would bring this one to the table while you were guest hosting. It's, it's kind of silly, so bear with me. For reasons I do not care to dream up, you have been hired by a major television network to produce a television series about the 2006 through 2010 Green Bay Packers. If money were no concern, who are you casting to play each of the major roles? Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Ted Thompson, Mike McCarthy, and Bob Harlan. I thought this would be kind of a fun, uh, stupid topic for us to cap the NFL season with, talking about who would play each of these people. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so I guess let's start with Favre. Who's, who are you casting to play Brett Favre in this television series? I guess, for starters, are you going to make it a comedy or a drama or something in between? Well, I think it almost has to be a comedy. <laughs> if it's not a comedy, it's too much a tragedy. <laughs> um, so I think there's just enough capers going on. I think it would be a comedy. And then for Brett Favre, man, I guess maybe Matthew McConaughey, just (laughs) because he can do the real southern guy that I think you would want to highlight in Brett, because that's really who he is. I think he could do the gunslinging type thing better than anybody else. I don't know. Do you have anybody in mind? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. See, I was maybe you're thinking of it in kind of like a shameless kind of series on Showtime. Um, I guess I don't know. I was thinking maybe it would have to be sort of a funny drama, I guess. Um, I agree with that. The first guy that came to mind, and granted, the accent would be pitiful. And he's old, but you could make him look a little younger. And Favre has looked old since about 2005 anyways. The first guy I thought of was Kevin Costner, to be honest with you. <laughs> Or I thought he could. He would have a pretty poor Southern accent, I think. But yeah, I don't I could think see he can do that. any accent to save his life. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree. So I, I don't know. I think I like your Matthew McConaughey uh, pick a little bit better. That's probably a better age range, and you could 
give him some platinum hair dye and, and let him play Brett Favre. Uh, maybe let him – I don't know if he's got a six-pack all the time. That's kind of his reputation. He might have to let the beer belly come out a little bit, but I think Matthew McConaughey might be a good pick. Yeah, he'd have to do some method acting. He'd have to gain some weight for the role. <laughs> yeah, so he'd have to put his all in it, but I think we'll go with that one. So Brett Favre is Matthew McConaughey in our in our drama here. Who you got as Aaron Rodgers? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Do you want to go first on this one? I need a minute to think about this. <laughs> okay. Not really sure. The first thing that comes to mind, I guess I'll say, is Jake Gyllenhaal. Just okay. because I think they look a bit alike. Yeah. So that'll be my preliminary. I'll see if I can think up a better one. Yeah, and that's a that's a good one. I I didn't think of that too much. I, I thought somebody that kind of looks like him, but that could play the guy who is cocky that you kind of want to root for, but at the same point is a little bit douchey at times. <laughs> and so the guy I thought of was Bradley Cooper. And I know he might be too... I don't know how big he is. It's hard to tell with Hollywood actors. And I guess as long as he's in proportion with the other people, it's fine. Yeah. But I thought maybe he could play... I don't know, maybe he's... uh, at the, at the the risk of damaging my heterosexuality might be a little too too good looking to play Aaron Rodgers, but maybe we'll leave that up to the female fans to decide. But he's uh, one of the first I thought of for Aaron. I like that. I like that pick. He um he definitely can exude that cockiness that that Aaron has once in a while, and I think he's pretty comparable. I think he would look like a quarterback in the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. So I think we could go with that one for Aaron. Okay, let's go with uh, with Bradley Cooper as Aaron Rodgers. So we have Matthew McConaughey and Bradley Cooper as our two uh, main main quarterbacks here. So we're gonna we're running out of money real fast, but luckily we have a huge budget. <laughs> um, who do you got as Mike McCarthy? <sighs> Mike McCarthy. <laughs> it's a hard one. It is. I don't really know that there's. Anybody that could do per- the people that I think of that have his personality mm-hmm. don't have his build. I'll say. <laughs> so, like, who are you thinking just for the personality? Well, oh, gosh, maybe a Brian Cox or something might be a good. He okay. he tends to play those types of leadership type roles, <laughs> and he has that serious side to him. So I guess he's as close as I can think of for a bigger guy that has that type of leadership and personality of just a serious, hard-working guy. Okay. So I'll throw that one out there. I don't know. You've had some time to think about this one, I think, so you'll probably blow me out of the water with this one. Well, as far as looks, the first guy, and he's too old now, but the first guy I thought of was Bo Bridges for, <laughs> for, for Mike McCarthy. And I thought he could probably play him. Um, he might be a little too old, but I, yeah. I thought he could maybe do it. The other one I thought of is Tom Berenger. I think he could okay. probably get that kind of crazy personality where he, he can be kind of gentle at times, but other times I could just think of him sitting in the room yelling at the, the Brett Favre character, like, we don't need you anymore, or something like that. So I don't know. But I almost wanted to cast Bo Bridges just because I thought he was a good candidate from a look standpoint. So do any of those work for you? Yeah, I think... Uh... <laughs> I think either of them, one for uh, one for just sheer entertainment, and the other is 
actually a pretty good pick. He's he's gotten a little bigger with age, so he could fit the role pretty easily. I think. Are you talking Tom Berenger? Yeah, Tom. I think could could fit the role. Yeah, he looked pretty. Uh, he was so uh, not that he is huge, but he was uh, bigger than I remember to the point where in uh, Hatfields and McCoys, I didn't even recognize him until somebody had pointed him out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I haven't seen that. Uh, what was he in recently that I saw him in Inception? Maybe. Yes. Yeah. He's. Um. Uh, I forget what the name of the character is, but he's. Um. Oh, well, who's the who's the main guy they're trying to get into his brain? Uh, Killian Murphy is that his name? Yep. He's he plays the the his confidant that Tom Hardy mimics. Yeah, he looks. He's a little puffed up in that movie. So. <laughs> They'd have to straighten his hair though. He couldn't have that curly Tom Berenger hair. <laughs> I'll just have to keep him in the hat the whole time, like McCarthy. <laughs> All right, works. we'll go with Bob Harlan because Ted Thompson's probably the toughest one. So, uh, Bob Harlan, who do you got for uh, old Bob Harlan? Oh, I think I'm going to say with heavy makeup, <laughs> J.K. Simmons. Okay. Just because I think he should be in every movie ever made, and I could never make a movie without him. <laughs> <laughs> he would have to like walk all crouched over though because he'd probably tower over these other guys wouldn't he maybe not yeah you'd have to have everybody else stand on a soapbox <laughs> and just shoot the top halves of them <laughs> well i'm apparently he's only 510 so i just t- typed his uh height into the to the google here so apparently oh, okay. he's only 510 so maybe it would work but yeah that would be a good one i guess he could probably play the the kind of the old guy and i i, I guess you could take take a little bit of liberties you don't want Bar- bob harlan to be kind of out of his mind but that would kind of be hilarious if you <laughs> if you kind of thought of him as a crazy old man instead of a super nice old guy yeah that could work well i couldn't think of any old guy actors that weren't all cranky uh when i was trying to think of this so i i thought even though I don't know if you could take even more liberties and have him have an English accent, but I'm like, maybe you could have Michael Caine play uh, Bob Harlan and be like, we're going with the young fella or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard Michael Caine lose the the Cockney accent before. <laughs> or yeah, I suppose he's got the Cockney accent. So um, yeah, so I don't know. Either one of those choices would would work for me. I kind of I would kind of like to see what J.K. Simmons could do with the role. So maybe we'll we'll go with him, so we don't have to worry about another uh, uh, bad accent. Well, I guess right. we're going with Matthew McConaughey over over, over uh, Kevin Costner, so we wouldn't have to worry about that. But we'll go with him. All right. All right, and now the toughest one. Who you got playing Ted Thompson? I don't know. Do you want to go first on this one? I need a minute to think about it. <laughs> sure. Well, the first guy that came to mind um, is uh, Michael Emerson from Lost, and from he's the creepy guy in Person of Interest, who just always looks like he's spaced out and he never blinks, and he's got the creepy hair. And if you <laughs> if you painted his hair white, he could totally play Stone Cold Ted Thompson. But I kind of wanted somebody with more personality, and he—I mean—he's a good actor, I guess. But he really freaks me out, so I don't really want to have him in my movie, or in my series. Okay. Oh, Ted Thompson. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody you could just bleach their hair white. 
What about, he'd look a lot like Tom Hanks, maybe. If Hanks is getting a little puffy these days, but <laughs> I don't know if he could play Ted Thompson. He's got too much personality. Yeah, he's got too much charisma for it. I think <laughs> need somebody. There's. Uh, I wish I could remember the actor's name. Um, my mom used to like the show Monk a lot. Okay. And there was just kind of this goofball dweeby guy on there who. I think if you put a white wig on him, he would look just like him. Do you remember the character's name? We could have to try to look him up. Uh, we might have to do a, a late edit here and get that in there. I don't know. Okay. I have to look up the characters here. The only other guy that just sprung to mind is, I, I can't remember his name either, and I can't remember anything else he was in, but uh, when Philip Seymour Hoffman is freaking out in... Um, Charlie Wilson's war and he breaks the, his boss's window <laughs> who, okay. who is his boss do you remember that guy he, he looks a lot like Ted Thompson oh gosh I don't know oh yeah this might be one we have to open up to the Facebook page and to, to Twitter and stuff uh, we need a Ted Thompson for our movie we do this is this is tough. We need a casting director. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what was supposed to be our job. We're not. We did okay, you know, with uh, with Tom Berenger and as uh, Mike McCarthy. Although I think Bo Bridges, if he gets a chance to read for the script, might have a chance. You gotta watch out for Bo. He'll steal it from you. So I guess we'll. Um, if you want to go for, yeah, yeah, we can't really go with uh, Michael Emerson from Lost because he just. I don't think he could fit in with the 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 comedy that we have in the rest of the, the group here. You can always go William H. Macy. Uh, he's, he can do anything. And he can look a little older nowadays. Getting up there a bit. <laughs> That's true. What about Gary Oldman? We could have him do it. He's a little <laughs> short, but he, he could talk in an American accent. Probably. Or Yeah, he can. He did it in Batman. Yeah, he does okay. He's he's another one I'd probably put with Tom Hanks, though he might just have too much personality <laughs> for it. That's true. You need a he's gotta be your straight man for sure. You'd have uh you'd have old Bull Bridges or Tom Berenger bouncing zingers off the Ted Thompson character. It's definitely with with Bradley Cooper and Matthew McConaughey, you gotta have a straight man, so we gotta have some kind of maybe we will keep the dude from Lost to be Ted Thompson. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So, um, what what's the working title of this production? Oh gosh, got too many questions for me here. <laughs> We're going '06 to what year? Uh, to 2010. So through the Packers Super Bowl win, with we'll have Brett Favre somewhere in the the catacombs of the stadium, watching it all, and then walking out. That could be the end of the uh, of the of the series. Oh man, I don't know. You got any ideas? No, not really. I'm, I was thinking like um, probably you. It probably it depends on the network. If it was like CBS or something, they'd just call it Gunslingers, or something weird like that, or um, Out of Town, or 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 No Easy Way Out, or or something weird like that. Bow Bridges in I don't know. That'll Road be another to one. Glory. <laughs> Road to Glory. There you go. Let's have a semi-satirical name for it. Gosh, this is begging for a movie poster to be posted on the Podbean page, I think. Yes, gotta work on that Photoshop a little bit. Get <laughs> well, it up there. It's a long off-season, so I'll have to have something to do, so maybe we'll get around to that. That's a good project. Yeah. 
All right, well, that closes Crossfire. I want to thank Caleb for coming up with some fun topics and, and helping me out with some stupid topics. And I guess that closes it for the 2012 season. Uh, Caleb, we might not have an opportunity to have you on here, um, I guess, in the foreseeable future. You did a great job, though, so it has nothing to do with, with your performance. Um, so maybe we will have you back during the off season if, if you'll allow us to. Before you leave, I guess, do you have any questions uh, real early picks on your 2013 Super Bowl because, of course, you famously picked the Saints to win the Super Bowl in 2009, way before the season when they were 7-9 and nine the year before. So you're obviously a savant when it comes to picking the Super Bowl champions ridiculously early. <laughs> well, I guess I'll, uh, I'll probably go with about the same thing I did this year and say think the Packers can pull it off and if not uh I'll be rooting for the Broncos okay I think that's fair enough I guess I'm trying to think it's so hard to tell now I almost wonder if a team like Seattle will do it if they get home if they're able to get home field advantage uh it'd be hard to pick against them I would think well they gotta learn how to win on the road first I think before I can pick them yeah, that's true. The Packers are going to have a rough go of it next year, though. That schedule is brutal. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, what is it? They play, like, only four teams that didn't have winning records this past year or something like that? Yeah, I think, <laughs> really, they got the Lions, the Browns, and, what, the Eagles, I think, are the only crappy mm-hmm. teams they're going to play. Yeah, and the Eagles are going to be running the read option and still have a ton of talent on that team, so I don't think that one's going to be all that easy either. Well, there you go, and there's another loss for us. <laughs> so, well, the Packers will either win the Super Bowl or they'll go 2-14. <laughs> there you go. That's, That's a comfortable prediction. bet. <laughs> Obviously, you've picked another winner here in the offseason. All right, well, uh, thanks, Caleb, for, for bailing us out here and joining us, and, and we appreciate you always listening and helping us out with uh, many things, especially on the Facebook page, and, and now taking the the bullet and coming here and helping me out on the show and uh, I just want to say thanks for for helping us out and do you have any parting words before uh, the end of the podcast well I just want to say thanks for inviting me and uh, hope we made a good one here I think we did Uh, definitely with our uh, very great crossfire segment and all the other stuff involved despite our audio problems I think we we did a good job So with that, we're going to sign off on the 2012 season and stay tuned to the Facebook page and the Podbean page. We'll try to have some content and and maybe get some of the old uh, what-if segments and crossfire segments up there periodically throughout the offseason. If I have any thoughts on my head, maybe I'll do some quick blog posts and definitely consult the archives and get caught up if you joined later in the season. But until then, I want to thank everybody for joining us throughout this season and keep in touch during the offseason and I guess... Hopefully you can find something that you enjoy to keep you occupied until next summer when the NFL season starts once again. So for Caleb, for me, and for Matt, thanks everybody for listening, and take care, everyone.